Welcome to the Thrive Subscribe CPESN Saturday Series. I'm Ashley Branham, and I'm pleased to be with you today. I'm also joined today by my partner in crime, Joe Moose. Welcome, Joe. Hey. Hey, Ashley. Glad to be here. Uh, great. We're glad you're here. Um, yeah, today, we have um, a really great guest that um, I'm anxious to share with you. Um, as we talk through a topic around um, continuing with community pharmacy ownership, we know owning a community pharmacy can bring new challenges every single day. Each day, you're involved in delivering of enhanced services. You're constantly refining those services. You have staff to manage, all while offering the very best customer service. It feels like you're often juggling multiple balls in the air. And with the growing external pressures and threats to our businesses, how is it that we can stay motivated to serve our patients? Today, we are joined by Bill Osborne, immediate past president of NCPA and president and owner of Osborne Drug, who will be sharing his insights on successfully running multiple pharmacy locations. Welcome, Bill. We're so glad you're part of the podcast today. Thank you, Ashley. It's wonderful to be here. So I'm, I'm particularly excited about um, this week and, and the ability to, to kind of speak with you because I, I know a lot of our community pharmacies out there and, and pharmacy owners out there are, are feeling overwhelmed. You know, there's um, the COVID pandemic and um, it's, we're just starting to embark on um, an unknown flu season and uh, Medicare enrollment and lots of things that, that's happening right now. Um, on top of just running business as usual. And um, I think you have a lot of insight to share and can, can hopefully um, maybe help us all take away some action items to stay motivated over the next, um, over the next season, at least as we um, carry out the end of the year. Um, so I, I'm hoping maybe we could just back up and you tell us a little bit more about your practice in Oklahoma and, and your um, journey to, to, operating multiple pharmacies. How do you keep it all together? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder myself, but uh, no, I, uh, you know, Osborne Drugs, uh, I'm a second generation pharmacist. Um, my father uh, graduated in the uh, mid fifties and had a dream of owning his own pharmacy. He thought, I always think it's funny. He, he thought in 1960, if he made $10,000 a year, he'd be set for life. Things have changed since 1960, but uh, I, because of his, he had too many children and he was from a single parent family, worked his way through college, was not able to own his own store. And so in 1968, he finally was able to buy out his mentor, a gentleman named John Wiley, and uh, 1971 bought out his partner and Osborne Drugs was formed. Uh, that was 49 years ago this month. And... Um, so dad went through and, and worked hard, paid the bill, paid the uh, business off in five or six years and, you know, realized there were people just like him, um, hungry, talented, hardworking pharmacists who just needed a little bit of capital or a little bit of help uh, to become an owner. And that, that's uh, a gentleman named Jim Spoon uh, from Sand Springs, Oklahoma, was our first first partner and and uh, what's interesting is, is that's 40 years ago that we, uh, that Jim became a partner with my father and 
Um, I, I, I was blessed. I graduated in uh, 84 from the University of Oklahoma and uh, came back to the family business. And I was able to work side by side with my father for 30 years. Uh, he passed away in 2014. And, and uh, you know, I, people always wonder, what's it like working with your father? And I always tell them that uh, I'm enough like my mother that my dad and I got along just fine. So uh, as, as it built from there, it started one at a time. It was not a fast growth, but over time, you you would take people that work with you. You know, you, most pharmacists, especially independents, don't understand that they do things differently. They just can't explain it. So working with a pharmacy, in a pharmacy with a talented pharmacist like a Joe Moose or Ashley or whatever, you pick up things that you don't get from a from an education. And so as you go forward and as we did that, we now have uh, Osborne Drugs has 20, 21 business partners. Uh, we have 20 different companies with those 21 partners and we have 29 locations in four states. And so uh, I don't think my dad ever thought it would go to where it is, but uh, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. Well, that, wow. that sounds like it. So, um, what is your role with the the twenty nine? Stay well, out of the way. <laughs> yeah, you know, part of the the strategy is to, you know, have pharmacists involved in the communities they serve, and it's the classic independent pharmacist that, that you know, their kids go to school in your in your community. They're involved. They, you go to Rotary Club, you go do be on the school board, do, do whatever you can to make the place you live better. And uh, I think those, as we found those people and invested in those people, that's where we grew from there. Um, I think, let's see, I didn't answer your question very good there, Joe. No, no I mean, I, I, I think you did. And, and so do you serve... Uh, do you play a, a role oh, in, in mentorship? Do you play a role in, in looking over the, you know, monthly financials or do you play a role in, in purchasing or all of these things? Sure. And, and we, uh, you know, what we've done, uh, my role has changed over time. Uh, originally, um, as you know, working with your father, we would, you know, both of us worked together. One of us had to be on the floor at all times. And, and we did that and over time as we've grown, a lot of my role has changed in that I am working on trying to create economy, use the economy of scale that our size has created to benefit our partners. And, you know, we want to make sure that our partners want to stay a partner, make sure that a, there's a benefit to be a part of Osborne Drugs. So we just finished an RFP process uh, for our wholesale agreement. And, uh, you know, we've, we now have a three-year agreement. We stayed with McKesson. But every three years, we go through that process, and all, it's all or none. So all of our businesses are on the same software system. All of our businesses are on the same, um, you know, buy from the same wholesalers. It doesn't mean that they don't tweak things uh, you know, in their own uh, stores, but but there are certain things we do together that create economy of scale. 
And probably the difference between the Osborne drug model and say like a franchise model, like a medicine shop or, or one of those, which are also good models, but we, we make money in equity. So we partner with people. And so I don't need to make money on fees on top of you because I'm going to make money with you in profit. And, and I think that's a, that's been our success. And it, it makes uh, our partners understand that I'm not out there, you know, if we're purchasing and doing things that the only way I'm going to make money is if, if our partners making money. And I think that, that's, that creates the success and, and uh, also motivates. I, I always tell people there's nothing more motivated than an, than an owner. And, and it, it really is. is but we also do, um, we do monthly financials. We have a, a CPA that uh, creates financials every month for review that's shared with the partners. We, um, we pay the, all the bills. And you know, one of the things is how do you pay a bill in different locations? And, and what, my wife is a, a CPA. She's our CFO. And so she and two other ladies um, that work for us uh, do all of the accounts payable for 29 drugstores. So, but what happens is if, if Ashley is my partner and Ashley's working the store, I don't pay a bill unless Ashley approves it first. And so all the bills come to central location. So my partner sees that bill and then we see that bill. And then, you know, if there's a discrepancy or things we need to, to work on, we can work through that. So it's a very transparent uh, system. And, uh, you know, we, we try to be honest. If we have good years, we, we, we share good revenue. If we have bad years, we don't. And uh, so it's, um, I, I think we've had more good than bad. So we're blessed. I think, Bill, what you're saying is is your wife is the financial brain behind Osborne Drug. Is that what? <laughs> yes. And would you please uh, uh, make that really loud and, and make sure it's out there so that she knows I said that. But uh, you're just the pretty face of Osborne Drug. <laughs> but it's, you know, so, it, go ahead. Uh, as I was just going to say, as past president, of NCPA, you're privy to a lot of what's going on in, in the pharmacy industry, what's going on in healthcare in general, um, you know, what's going on in the community pharmacy world. After going through that, and now that you, you, you're out of that role, how optimistic are you about, about community pharmacy? You know, I, I think I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I, I would love to tell you I think everything's going to be perfect, but I, I think you have to be a good, you have to use good business sense. We're still looking to expand. Um, we want to do it with the right people in the right location. And and so I, I feel really good about the future of pharmacy. And you know, I feel good enough that uh, uh, my youngest son just got into pharmacy school. He's wanting All to come right. into our business, so so third generation. That's good. Yeah, and so uh, you know, it's sometimes when you hear things or see things, everybody has doubts when they, they get in. But when you really look at where we are and the, and the lifestyle we get to lead and the patients we get to take care of, uh, you know, those those things are 
invaluable. And so, you know, I think we can we can continue to grow and prosper. I do think there's going to be lots of challenges. And, yeah, you know, you know I, I keep I, I I keep checking myself to like we may not have had a good month, or we or maybe even our. our a year that was not as good as we hoped for. And we look, we look at things like DIR fees and we see that continues to go up and, and all of these things that seem to be so negative in the industry. And then I, I like to check myself and, and look back at all the good we did just in one day, all the lives <laughs> that we touched, all the people that we helped, all the people that would not have been able to, see their children or the grandchildren or their parents in, in the way that they do and live the life if it wasn't for for our pharmacy and what our pharmacists do in our communities. And that's always sort of that that gut check um, to me is, you know, I, I think that's why I got into pharmacy to start with. And, um, and we have to make a profit to stay in business. I, I, I totally get that. But a lot of times I think we get caught up in the negative and and it seems to overshadow all the great stuff we're doing think think about how proud you are or i am of independent pharmacists during the covid crisis um you know we made at our store we ended up buying 355 gallon drums of isopropyl alcohol and made hand sanitizer and distributed all over our county and yeah we we sold it some and made profit, but we gave away more than half of what we what we made uh, to try to and it, and you could tell all of our our staff and our employees were excited that we were making a difference. We that little step is the kind of stuff that is the kind of projects or whatever that drive I think pharmacy ownership and in, and pharmacists in general to make a positive difference in the communities they live. Yeah, I, I think we saw examples of that across the nation with community pharmacies and, and you sharing, you know, kind of the best practice for, for Osborne Drug during a time when the community was looking around at a time of shortage and, and you, you stepped up to the plate and you provided a need. Um, and like you do so many other times, right, um, whether it's basic access to medications or, um, you know, what other types of arrangements you work out for patients or, or even their providers at times it you meet the need. And it, and that's why we're so nimble and, and why we love what we do every day. Um, so it, it, it's good to hear that, um, you know, that there, there has been that activity. I, I have to think Bill that with, with 29 locations and, um, 29 aspiring or maybe more than that partners that, that that's trying to get to a level that, that that you have come to be at in practice there has to be some bad days that come along with that and and I'm just curious how, how do you what do you say to some of your younger owners or um, some of the the newer ownership that's that's part of your um, team to keep them motivated um, because sometimes it is so hard to see the good that you do in the community and, um, you know, the, when there's the, the obvious constant pressures, how do you keep them encouraged? I think part of it is, um, trying to communicate, uh, making sure they understand, you know, one of the, one of the advantages that we have with the 29 partners is, you know, 
we've got 29 people that you can talk to that understand what you're going through. We have, whereas Jim Spoon has done this for 40 years and I've got Rodney Skinner who's done it for six years. And so you can kind of, if you're having a down day or have a, have something that, that is a, is a challenge for you, there's probably someone out there that has uh, had that challenge in the past and can share with you how they dealt with it. Doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know, I think one of the hardest things is, is employees in, in HR. And, you know, we want things to, you know, everybody to be well, we treat people well, but, you know, you've got to find the right people that make it, make a difference in your practice. And I'll give you an example. Most of the guy, most of the guys and girls, we have several um, male and female partners that are very successful, but they, you got to get over this. I got to do it all myself. You know, a lot of this is you think that, that um, you've got to find people that you can believe in and trust in that will help make your life better. And getting that buy-in from the group and for me, getting the buy-in from my partners and then they're getting the buy-in from their their staff and the pharmacists that work for them is really the key to the success of our group. And uh, and you'll you'll hear me say over and over that um, some will say, well, how many pharmacies do you own? And I say, well, I am partners in 29. I don't really feel like I own 29 stores because I technically am partners in all of them. Would not be in 29 locations if it wasn't for those 21 different partners working hard every day and working together to make, make a difference. So, uh, But keeping them, I think the key is having somebody to talk to, how you dealt with an issue, um, you know, also trying to find some niche or some area that you can get into that might make a positive difference in your business. And, and they can share whether it's, you know, compounding or whether it's, um, you know, uh, diabetic shoes or, or, you know, there's so many different areas that, that we can get into. Uh, and it's hard to find that next one. And we hope that next one in an investment is, is CPSN in clinical services and trying to trying to move that. And, and, you know, we're not where we want to be yet, but there's a lot of people doing great work to try to make that. happen. So I, I, I think that, uh, I think maybe just shared pain (laughs) might be the the way to go with it. Well, I I think it, what you said resonates. I mean, um, I'm nine months into a new pharmacy and I'm very much on the mindset of I have to do this. I have to get this done before I go home. And, and what you say is, no, you train somebody else to help you do it so you all can go home at the same time. <laughs> you know? But it, it is very much that mindset of I've got, I have to get this done. I'm responsible for it. So um, that's reassuring to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm excited to hear about your store and what, what you're doing. And, and I'm sure that you know, the other thing that's neat is we have relationships like this. Uh, I remember as a kid, we would go on vacations and we, everywhere we went, we had to go visit a drugstore and talk to somebody and how they're doing. And whether you're doing that at NCPA, whether you're doing that at a CPSN meeting or any state meeting, learning from each other um, is, is really how you get better. And uh, so I, I uh, I'm, I'm excited to learn of what you're doing. So. Yeah. I see uh, Deborah Bowers, South Carolina, 
uh, luminary and past luminary of the year um, frequently puts on her Facebook where she's visited another independent community pharmacy somewhere. Um, and I, I think that, you know, that is, I've always said the meetings and things that you go to, it's, yeah, it's good to talk to these other owners and just get their perspective. I, I know Bill is one of these folks is highly sought after at a meeting because he has been successful financially and he he has made his pharmacies work in, in times that may not have been so good. So everybody wants to hear a little bit of, of you know, what is the secret sauce that, that Bill Osborne's cooking up over there uh, on it. So, I mean, it, you alluded a little bit of that into your partnerships and your relationships. Could you talk about uh, what makes, uh, you know, what are you looking for in your financial review or, or what are some of the things that you really, you know, that you that you really uh, would encourage your, your owner partners to, hey, be, be a good steward of this or, or, you know, what tips would you give them if they come to you and say, hey, my store is not performing as well as, as, as our other partner stores? And, you know, I was thinking the simple things. Um, you know, uh, educating people, and it should be the difference between cash and profit is a uh, is a very uh, sounds like a simple thing, but you know, back in the old days when they ran their their pharmacies out of their wallets in their pockets, uh, you know, if they had cash, it was profit, you know, and they spent it. Well, today uh, you can have a very profitable pharmacy and have no cash, and and knowing that cash is a tool for success, it's a tool to run a business, it's a it's the tool that allows you to buy a new technology, whether it's a repackaging machine, whether it's a pill counter or new software system, that, that cash is important. So we're always monitoring cash. Um, the other, or the, the big, you know, the, on the balance sheet is the inventory and the AR. And uh, inventory is, is our, our largest investment. Controlling that and getting the turns on that is, is something we're always looking at. And the other thing about accounts receivable is, is that I think is important. In, and I think most pharmacists are successful today. But, you know, the accounts receivable that they think of is, you know, your in-house accounts receivable is usually uh, not not great anymore with the debit and credit cards. But your third-party accounts receivable is a huge part of your financial state. And so I, I think that you, um, if you don't have some kind of reconciliation service, um, as you look, if you talk to your PSAO and how you work, we we're uh, I'm involved with uh, UnifyRx and PPA and PPOK, and and uh, PPOK has a program called eRecon, which reconciles 90% of every script that I payment that I'm paid for every month, and I can take that on all of my stores. And look at that value and say, okay, uh, this is how much money I really have out there. You know, I really know this is correct. And so that reconciliation services, and I know there are several of them out there. I think it's critical to make sure uh, that we're doing the DIR fee thing um, that everybody talks about. You know, it's, it's tough. We hate them. But you also need to know where they are and how much you have outstanding. And one of my concerns for independents is they don't document their DIR fees as 
uh, that liability on their financial statement. So the first part of the year, you think you're making all this money, your DIR fees are racking up in the background. And so uh, PPOK through their uh, central fill or central pay and, and all those programs, they have a DIR chart of all the DIR fees that you're contracted with. And they tell you what your accumulated DIR fees are and what you've been, what you've paid out already to that current year. We take that difference and we put that as a liability on our financial statement. So we're not artificially showing more profit than we really have. And I think that's a, that's something because you'll see people like, oh my gosh, I got, I got DIR fees this month in July. Well, I, I got the same thing, but I knew it was coming because I did the, the DIR uh, on my financial statement. So I'm not overstating profit. And the other thing we use is uh, we use the NCPA digest a lot to educate you. You know, it's funny, you look at percentages. So if the percentages are, uh, you know, if 12% is the average pharmacy has a 12% payroll, then our goal as a company is try to make sure that we have a 12% payroll. And, you know, it's not just what your hourly wage is. It's it's all your benefits too. It's your insurance. It's your retirement plans. All those things. So, you know, controlling your your cost uh, is becoming more and more critical as the margins that we have are tighter and tighter. So, that's probably more than you wanted to hear. But uh, uh, as you can tell, I can go on for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's an excellent review. And a lot of times we do get caught up in in certain parts of it or looking at one thing and don't, don't look at, you know, at the business as a whole and at the business over, over a year's time or over it's, you know, and look at it more of, Hey, this week I, I did great. Or last week I didn't do, do so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing that we've done with our, you know, I told you we do monthly financial statements. And so using that reconciliation program to help make sure that our AR is accurate every month. And also we use, um, we turn our inventories in because all of our stores use perpetual inventory. So, so every month, you know, used to in the old days, you took inventory at the beginning of the year, took inventory at the end of the year and get a margin. And that was, you know, you had these huge adjustments. But today, if you use your uh, accounting, uh, your inventory system on your pharmacy management system, the correct way you should you should be able to track and have a very good monthly financial statement based on those those two big assets. So it sounds like your uh, CPA wife has taught you well. <laughs> yeah, she does. She she is, uh, um, you know, and 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 like a lot of people, I. I have to give a lot of my success to her because it, she understands, you know, she, uh, her parents owned a business as well. And so she came from a small business background and understood that this is not a nine to five job and understood that, you know, the passion it takes to have a business and to make it successful. And, uh, so I, I have, uh, definitely been blessed. And, and I will tell you, if you have a CPA wife and, and um, she 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 keeps me from spending money, so that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time I have a every time I have a student whose parents owned a business or they had a family business, I can tell 
the way that student acts in the pharmacy. You know, that student is is the first one to pick up a piece of paper, throw it in the trash can that's on the floor. You know, they're they're used to in a family business doing everything and being everything and but kind of being the oversight. You know, they're always very attentive as soon as somebody walks in the door, that that type of uh mentality I you know that they grew up in in their family business so they see that that, that you you have to do all those type things to to keep your business successful yeah we've all picked up a little bit of a of a wrapping paper in front of our door or swept some leaves or anything little details like that and and uh, it's just part of it but i i see it in in the people that work for us as well and you Somebody that's a pharmacist that comes from a, another independent um, background is the same way. You, you see them, you know, one of the things you have to tell a young pharmacist is, you know, pharmacies are expensive. And you when you get out, you have a lot of debt for your school. You need to get that debt paid as soon as possible so that you can accumulate a little money so that you can afford to, to buy into a business or or have some equity in a business. and. And I think it's hard today with with uh, the tuition and the debt loads that, that our young pharmacists are having to, to carry. But if you can get out and get that taken care of, uh, I was on the board of pharmacy for, for 10 years in Oklahoma. And every year we would meet with the new grads. And and I was always the financial guy. And I would say, OK, guys, I know you've been living pretty tough for the last three, three to four years. And I would ask you for one more year to live like you were in college and try to get as much of that debt paid as you can uh, because then that gives you the flexibility to work in the environment you want to work in. Do I want to work in a, you know, do I have to take the job that gives me the most money or can I take the job that makes me the happiest? And hopefully option two is the best option. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice is to, to live that that extra year like you're in college and and take the job that makes you happy. Uh, <laughs> hard advice to swallow sometimes when you're when you're fresh out of school and you're you're looking at all the great things that paycheck can buy you. But uh, but excellent advice, Phil. Mm-hmm. Bill, you you represented um, some pretty strong culture of Osborne drugs today, and and really throughout um, your service and leadership. Um, for those of you you've interacted with, whether that was through your leadership at NCPA or um, other ventures throughout your state association and, and, and board of pharmacy as well. So we commend you for um, your leadership, but, but also for developing this really strong culture that impacted community pharmacies and, and, and the pharmacists to have their dreams come true with all of those locations that, that you've been able to mentor and get from the ground. That's, um, quite a legacy, and and um, I know your dad would be just amazingly just overwhelmed with with what you've been able to accomplish. Um, kind of using his philosophies and, and as the foundation of that. I I agree. It's just a, it's been a blessing, and and uh, you know one of my funnest times every year is we try to have an annual partners meeting, whether it's at a pharmacy meeting or whether we you know, we all get together and. You just forget how cool these people are, you know. And you, <laughs> they start interacting, and 
know, there's a little bit of banter. Maybe there's a lot of banter, but there's a lot, a lot of, you know, there's a competition between them, but it's just, it's just, it, it revives me and makes me more excited about what I'm doing. So I grow from that as well. Yeah, I, we are, we are very blessed. Well, we are, we're, um, you know, there's so many uh, good information, so much good information that you've shared today. And, and I know for the listeners, if, if you'd like to see more about um, the landscape of Osborne drugs, um, you can go to osbornedrugs.com. Um, there's a really, really great website um, that kind of displays a lot of what they have going on from a pharmacy level. Um, of course, um, if you're ever in the state of Oklahoma, I know there's some great community pharmacies there that would welcome you as well as um, Osborne Drugs. Um, so uh, if you're ever in the area, stop by and see what it's all about because um, I know, Bill, you've got some amazing things going on and, and really great ways to serve your community. So um, we're really excited to even just have you for a few minutes to, to talk through some of those philosophies and the foundation that's guided you. And I know every listener um, that, that's that's joining today is just in awe of the progress that you've made over the years. So um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Ashley. And thank you, Joe, for having me. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Keep doing what you've been doing. The CPESN podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Production assistance is given by Mike Denninger and Suzanne Feeney. For more information, visit us online at cpesn.com and tptransformations.com.